Welcome to another edition of the Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie, and this week, John, will be looking at a reissue of a classic series. That's right, Stan. One of the most interesting writers of the 20th century was the Belgian writer Georges Simenon, who wrote literally hundreds of books, and among them were 75 novels on a French police detective named Maigret, who is his most famous creation. And Penguin, late last year, announced that they were going to reissue over a period of time the entire series in new translations. And in the UK, the reissues started late last year. In the US, they started early this year. And the idea was that they would publish one a month. Now, they've managed to keep up with that pretty well in the UK. In the US, the schedule has been spottier. And it also turns out that you have to put an asterisk where it says that they'll all be newly translated because a much smaller number of books in the series were commissioned to be newly translated by Penguin in the UK a little over 10 years ago. And what they're doing for those titles is bringing them out in the new series as they appear. They're being published in the order that they were originally published. They say something at the front like, lightly revised, which means very lightly. (laughs) But still, it's an absolutely wonderful publishing project. Those of us who are fans of Simonon and Maigret have been delighted ever since we heard the news, and we hope that they will be able to see it through. Is that pretty unusual to reissue and retranslate a series like this? It's very ambitious to do a series, announce at the outset you're going to do an entire series like that and new translations. And as I say, I hope that the response to the books that they've had so far, I've certainly done my part and (laughs) I'm sure that some others have, but I hope that the response will be such that they will follow through. And it it would be certainly an embarrassment if they didn't because they've announced it. And I decided I wanted to write a piece about the series And to do that, I would read the 75 novels. Now, most of them I've read before at some point. Not all, but most of them. In many cases, it's a matter of rereading, though a lot of them I haven't read for quite a while. I've so far read all but 16 of the 75. And I've tried to read them more or less in order, but it's turned out that some of the books that have been harder to get copies of I need to use interlibrary loan or something like that. And Mm. some of those are earlier in the series. So I, you know. Well, nobody's perfect, John. (laughs) (laughs) So why a new translation? Partly because some of the translations, and this happens all the time with translations, of course, they bear the mark of the era in which they're done. And they have some slang and idioms and that sort of thing that date the books in a way. Now, you might say, well, what's wrong with that? Because even though they might be English slang or they might be dated in English, presumably they don't sound like French that's written in the 21st century either. And so I think the idea was, you know, newly translating books is 
very common, especially with so-called classics. And in a way, these are classics. They're books that have been read by millions of people for a very long time. It's unusual for books to have that kind of reach and that kind of life. And much of that has to do with the character of Maigret and the way that he's conceived, a little bit like he's a totally different kind of character, absolutely nothing in common except this larger-than-life appeal. Someone like Sherlock Holmes, who seems more real to a lot of people than some people they've met in real life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. So how did they do from what you've read so far? I think they've done a good job. I think one thing that's really interesting, and this may sound like a completely bizarre comparison, but when I was first hired here 20 years ago, you know, I had been reading CT since I was 12 years old. So, I mean, I you know read CT for a long time. When I was hired 20 years ago, the first couple of years that I was here, I always had a volume from the bound back issues in my office. And I spent a lot of time just reading in the early years of the magazine because I would see people make comments a lot about CT in that era. And I was curious as to what the magazine was actually like. And what I found is, and you know, this won't surprise you at all, is that probably about 80% of the things that people said about the magazine, what it was like in you know, the first decade, let's say, were not true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Whether that's because their memories were not as sharp as they thought they were, or they had read certain things and then they generalized from there. The same thing is true about the Maygrave books, that a lot of people give you the impression that the series doesn't change that much over time, you know, whereas actually it changes a lot. And there are some constants. There are some things that remain somewhat similar throughout, for sure. And yet there's a lot of change. The early books especially, which he wrote very quickly at the beginning, a whole bunch of them appeared the first couple of years, are quite different from most of the later ones. To be honest, most of them are wonderful in some way or another, but some of them are just not very good. I just read one, in fact, that had not been in print for a while, and I can see why. <laughs> you know. But there are other ways, too, in which the series changes. But one thing that is true that a lot of people have pointed out before, it's not at all unique observation of mine, that there's what you might call a strong theological dimension to the series, mm. even though Simenon, who was raised Catholic, you know, was an altar boy, and there was some suggestion that he might be a priest, well, he left all that behind, and he wasn't a practicing believer, and yet those early years of exposure to the church made a deep, lifelong impression on him. McGray himself, in a couple of passages that recur in more than one of the books in the series. He describes himself as wishing to be a mender of destinies. His relation to the people who he's interrogating and whose lives cross his paths because they either are victims of a crime or they're accused of a crime. In some cases, they've committed the crime. His relation to those people is that of a kind of priest-like figure but a secular priest, you might say. Again, that's something that a number of people have pointed out, 
that strikes me even more forcefully now than it did when I first read a lot of these books, maybe because I've lived longer. I don't know why, but it's more apparent and deeper than I had realized. Well, certainly when you go back to a classic, you go back as a different person and you can receive new things from it. One thing I would say is to anyone out there who, if you are a fan of the series already, go out and get some of those books and give some as Christmas presents and reward Penguin for (laughs) investing in this and do all you can to encourage the series to continue. And if you've never tried the the Maigret novels, give them a try. The thing that's quite wonderful, obviously, if you do find them to your taste, is the thought of all these books awaiting you. Even if you're not an avid Francophile, a certain sense of Paris and of France more generally in a time gone by, I think for many readers, is one of the inducements of the series. Thank you, John. Thanks, Dan.